at it again with the Blue Testament crew here for another Shades of Blue soccer show. Except this week I'm going to just go ahead and call it um, the RSL Hatred Hour. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. You've got the microphone. Yeah, well people are hating on us because we haven't been here for a while. Sorry guys. <laughs> yes, we apologize for the absence. Life gets in the way. <laughs> and Sporting KC loses because of it. So I guess we can never have a breakaway from this podcast because, as a result, Sporting KC starts losing. So we're back. Which is Cody's fault, by the way. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> as you'll notice, I turned the mic towards her on that one so she could address that. But but yes, I went out of town. I went to California. Screw you guys. I went somewhere cooler. <laughs> I went to California, and uh, it was fun. But now I'm back. Now we're back. It's holiday. We had the holiday as well. Now we're back. We're on track. No more lying about we're going to be consistent. We're here. We're here for it. That no proms. No proms from Cody Bradley. But we are back. <laughs> yes. And we're hoping to bring a little bit of good luck into this weekend. So uh, We're going to need something. Something. Something different. Something. <laughs> if as, got, hey, somebody has a midfielder to spare, they can send <laughs> yeah, that in really too. That <laughs> and as Tamelia said post-game last night, these guys have to look deep within themselves to try to figure this thing out. So whatever that means, whatever this internal soul searching that needs to happen, let's hope it happens because we need it. Well, I was going to just combine those two games into one, but that's a good way. Let's start. Can we start with Tim Melia's interview? Because that was very good. That was everything I wanted to see from a team that has played that poor. That was what I wanted to see. He didn't know exactly what was wrong, but that was that he was taking full responsibility. He seemed dejected. At least they understand the situation. From one of the leaders of the team. From one of the leaders, which you know is being relayed in the locker room, which is refreshing, which is reassuring, knowing that we will not be in this state for long. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, we in haven't a way, been in this we've been state. in this state for longer than it seems because we've had those bad halves. They were just resurrected by a stronger second half and a comeback. So this has been a bit of a pattern. You look at it that way. I mean, they were resurrected by a team getting results. Yeah, but we've had bad halves. It's just been two games in a row, really, where the halves have turned into whole 90s. Is that something every team has to deal with? Oh, I think at some point or another. And it's a good thing it's happening now rather than later, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's that. I think it's a mixture of maybe all of that coming to light. I think it's also the injuries maybe kind of catching up where that depth that we have seemed to have hasn't been as evident perhaps. And now the big question this weekend without shallowy, without Espinoza, are we going to be able to dig deep? Is sporting Kansas city going to be able to find the depth that they have perceived have been perceived to have this entire season thus far? Let's not quite ask that one yet. <laughs> oh yeah. Cody's have, on a schedule. I we forget. have a, we have a very loose outline, but say, that's, to be loose, that's but the okay. second outline. That's the second. Let's talk about, we need to talk about that. We're back. We don't talk. We're a very positive podcast. We are. Okay, we don't. So we haven't me- talked about how bad these last two games were. I personally, uh, like I said, I was at. A, I was. I mean, I was at a wedding for the Montreal game. 
I saw that it was so bad that I don't think I'm ever going to watch it. I'm just telling the audience here. I'm podcasting that about moment it. In your life, never yes. seen it. I'm just going to block it out from the season, and it doesn't count in my personal record book. I I actually did not watch much of it either. My daughter was in a choir performance, so I watched part of it on the phone, and then I had it recorded and did not watch it when I got home because it was that bad. Okay, so if anyone is still listening. <laughs> After us saying we haven't paid any attention. And you can appreciate our very deep insight into a game that we did not watch a single second of. Well, we're not really going to talk about that game a whole lot anyway. I did watch last night's game. Yeah. Yeah. Last night's game. Hey. Different story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, Allie, you and I were talking about, um, about Johnny Russell. Let's make that a thing for right now. Well, I'm just going to be the first to say, I've been very back and forth with Johnny this season, probably more so than anyone in this room. I've been the first to kind of criticize him, like, is he getting too much hype? Is he really as good as we think that he is? But then on the other hand, I think he brings a lot to the table. I think he has been a very beneficial addition to this starting lineup, and especially to the uh, to that offensive line. But I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. Johnny Russell's supposed to be... He was the cauldron man of the month. He got that amazing hat trick. He was one of the leading goal scorers for that first half or first third of the season. And now he's kind of disappeared. He scored in the open cup game. But uh good assist last night. And a good, good assist good last assist. night. Yeah. Yeah. But an assist is not what I mean, Johnny's always cre- he's been creating great opportunities this season. He's gotten some good assists, but it most importantly what has been the best part about having Johnny Russell on the field is that he scores goals and we haven't seen we haven't seen that uh that goal scoring Johnny in a minute and in his absence Daniel Shallowy's taken his place but I know we're not jumping ahead to this weekend but without Shallowy this weekend it's got to be really important for Russell Shelton some of these guys to step up and create those chances and get those goals so is Johnny Russell Gerso 2.0 Oh God, no! We've, God, I know. no! Don't go there. Yeah. I hope not. I go mean, on. but he had a hat trick last year and then disappeared. Okay. he's had a hat trick this year. If and hat then trick yeah, equals cold streak, then I hope that no player from Sporting Kansas City ever gets a hat trick again no for the rest of their days. <laughs> Truly, Johnny still when he makes these runs. I mean, the league is starting to figure him out, right? Okay, yeah, he makes these runs, but when Johnny makes these runs. He usually draws a foul or gets a corner, whereas Gerso, the ball goes somewhere off over here. He loses possession. You, you yeah. bring up a good point, though. So. Is Johnny Russell too easy to figure out? Because here's my question. He's pretty one-dimensional. And that's much. what I'm saying is, yeah. like, is that his is that his downfall? Because Daniel Shallowy is just as much of a threat, if not more, but teams still haven't seemed to figure him out. The, uh, RSL left him wide open for an easy put-away mm-hmm. yeah. from a yeah. pass off Seth, Seth Sinovic. So it's like if Shallow is still getting these great looks and getting these great opportunities and scoring these almost seemingly impossible goals where he just turns and boom, shoot, curls it right into the corner. He's a different kind of player. He's a different kind of player, but if Johnny Russell is that easy to figure out, then does he need to switch up something about his game because to make himself as dangerous as he was in the beginning of the season? Because right now he's either getting shut down too fast or he's not doing what he was doing before. Well, he'll just have to adjust – the same way. If the league is adjusted to him, he'll have to figure out some other minutiae on how to but navigate around that as well. it's like seven games. Well, let's now. go back to also, <clears throat> he's a good combiner. Uh, didn't he participate in the Rubio slash Shelton comeback 
goals, wasn't he, within those combinations? So, you know, he's got other dimensions to him. You're right, the goal scoring has gone completely dry. Right. But Didn't you call him one-dimensional? Now you're saying he's multidimensional? Well, I mean, as far as an attacker with the ball, he's very one-dimensional, but he can also combine... Sorry, yeah, I, you know, I mean. he's, he's you got know. a strength. And yeah. sorry, Cody, I'm, I'm stepping on you there. He's got a strength. Yeah. When sporting is playing with everybody doing what they should be doing, yeah. it's drawing people away. Earlier in the year, it wasn't just him uh, having one dimension. It was him overlapping with Zussi and combining with Roger and all these other motions that they were doing. They, You saw... Uh, Johnny cutting in, Zussi out wide or back. You saw Roger all the way up in the in the attacking corner. They were all over the place, okay? Now they don't seem to be doing that, mm-hmm. and the defenses may not be figuring them out as much as just the guys are not getting it done. Well, and I think that's because they the don't... The are changing too, though. But I don't... I agree with you. <clears throat> Johnny Russell was most dangerous when he was kind of... Like you said, overlapping with Zussi. He was being more dynamic in his runs. He wasn't just kind of running that sideline the way that he's been doing more so in these recent games. So he's easier to shut down because he's easier to pinpoint. He's not making these more confusing runs. I don't think we're seeing a lot from these wing backs getting up as much. And I don't know if that's because Lindsay has been starting primarily out on these wings. If for that reason, Sporting isn't making as many more risky runs up top. Like, does does Zussi not feel as comfortable getting up knowing that the back line isn't as consistent as it usually has been with Beasler, with Sinovic, or with Madronda out? Like, is that is that making a – is that inhibiting the defense? And I think you hit on a point that I was going to try to get to at some point, but the, the consistency and the overall team play mm-hmm. – so I don't want to pinpoint it on just, like, one person or right. two people – because I think Lindsey did a great job over on that side for, you know, he wasn't the best left back in the league, but he was doing pretty good. Right. And he was getting up and down the field. But with, uh, again, Kuzain, all power to him for what he's doing, and I expect him to be a great player in the league, but he's still a newbie. Mm-hmm. And getting him in there, Beasler being out, all what you said, the overall team is not playing as well, even when those guys have been in there. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's been like a steady, everybody's not been keeping it together and not keeping the passing, not keeping the possession, giving too many turnovers and uh, defense has been a little more questionable, Right. whether it's Beasler being out or Ike doing some crazy things. Uh, it's just all added up to the whole yeah. team is not doing well, which affects every single player. When, when a couple of those pieces come back, I would expect them to kind of go back to their form, but it, it's you. It's you have to do something to get those pieces back. So you guys are saying this has nothing to do with the with what the other teams are doing defensively against us? They haven't changed at all. Is that what you guys are saying? Because if you are, no, that's not right. Because <laughs> the other teams have adjusted to what we are doing, and it's a reason part of this is happening as well. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with what you guys are saying, but it's not all that. Even with yes and no. I mean, yes, I'm kind of saying that, but no, not totally. Of course, teams are going to adapt, and we're yeah, going to hit teams with have different defenses and different qualities to them and stuff like that. But when you look at sporting, they're going to go out and play essentially the same way every single game. It's whether or not they do it well. When they do it well, they match up against any team in the league. Mm-hmm. When they don't do it well, they match up against any team in the league. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So they can look as bad as any team in the league, or they can look as good as any team in the league. But they have to be on their game. They have to be playing at that perfect pitch level 
And when they when a couple pieces of it aren't, the whole thing falls apart. And that perfect pitch level is moving the ball quickly into space, mm-hmm. and that has not been happening. The last time I remember seeing yeah. Sporting Kansas City play in a fashion that I thought was incredibly dangerous, and I know that the game I'm thinking of, they were playing Minnesota at home. It was when they won four. It was right, four, four to one. one. Yep. Okay. Granted, I know there's all that argument. Minnesota's not the best team in the league. It's not a very good indicator of how, of what caliber that Sporting Kansas City was at. But I truly believe in that game, the way that they came out, the way that they played, I know Peter said it was the best offensively that the team has played. And I think that if they had come out that way against Minnesota, if they had come out that way against Atlanta, they would have had the same result. Maybe not 4-1 against Atlanta, but they would have still had a winning result because of how fast they were playing how creative they were playing up top. And I think that was the last time I remember this in this last couple of weeks in this last month, really seeing them come out yeah. in a way that was a for like a forceful <laughs> offensive threatening way. Well, they were playing like they're one of the top teams in the league. They're mm-hmm. not doing that now for whatever reason. What is that reason? Well, you just you mean in the last two games is what we're referring to. They're not I, playing uh, like that. No. I'm even going to say more than that. I, I would say FC Dallas in the Open Cup. I would say Houston. FC Dallas is really good, though, and they beat them. I, yeah, but they – I'm saying in the sense where they're letting themselves get in these positions where they're having to come back or they're having to – they're not putting themselves in a, a good position from the get-go. They're giving up these seeming – these kind of easy goals where they yeah, weren't defending. Some of the goals are, like, <laughs> very – how did that happen? It's. I think they're just putting themselves in not ideal positions, whether it's defensively or offensively, where they're either missing easy chances or they're giving up easy chances. Well, as much as I hate to say it, it feels like a lot of those chances are from Ico Parra mistakes. And like, as much as I love the guy, he has not been on his uh, regular level. And Agree. very, very hot or cold. Well, and that's and that's the thing about him is like. Even when he's doing it right, he it, it, he's almost messing it up. <laughs> it's like kind of a thing with Ico Parra. Like he he he. It's not. It's always a little unorthodox. I always talk about that with Jimmy Madronda, but it's the same thing with him. It's it doesn't necessarily always look good, and it he kind of flailed when he did it. And I think now we've just seen a few in a row that just didn't work out the right way. But Cody and I talked about this earlier. The thing with Ike is that. He's not your calm, cool, collected center defender that you typically see or probably want out of your center defender. He's not the Matt Beasler. Right, right, Matt yeah. Beasler is the calm, cool, collected anchor of that backfield. Ike Opara is a little bit more sporadic in his movements. I'm not. I don't want to say hot potato because I don't think that is the right way to describe it. But he's not. He doesn't play with this calm sense of certainty. And a more that, is not. Adapted to how he plays. Exactly. So he know what to and do. so when exactly. Ike is the only other anchor back there with a Amore or with a Graham Smith, you're going to see, like we saw in, uh, was it the, was it uh, the game 3 2? Was it against Dallas? 3 2. Dallas. When we won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that Ike gives up that really weird play in the oh, back yeah. where he yeah. just like, Legs flailing. Well, all of a sudden. the ball back, that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, from start to finish, just bad. So it's like, is he, what's, you know, if Beasler's not back there, that's a really 
alarming indicator that without Beasler, do we does Sporting Kansas City have a center defender who is not a you know who isn't new like Graham Smith, Emiliano Moore, these Amir Ditch? Do we do we have a center defender other other than Ike or Matt who can hold it down back there and keep it? keep the flow of the game going and keep it, you know, locked in. I'm still confident that so, I'm so still confident that, that Ike can lock it down without him, but he still just needs someone <laughs> he needs like someone opposite of him in there. So why was someone Graham Smith not there? I mean he performed well, very yeah. well in his only performance. Well, and you know the thing I was gonna bring up is it was it smart to make four changes to the lineup on the road at RSL and really kind of pseudo play a little different formation i don't know well i think if they didn't and they lost people would have been saying well, sure, well why didn't course. they get enough rotation because there's three games in a right. week yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, you're you gonna, can't ever win you, you, yeah right <laughs> um, no, but, never win when you got people podcasting and talking <laughs> shit but bob i do agree because i thought the same thing i yeah. thought you know was were there too many changes but then also two on the back line two in the back line kuzane in the midfield which you know he's done okay before but still is that the match to do that but and then Crosse up top, like what was? Yeah, and was there? Even Shelton starting was new, but you know, yeah, we'll give him that. But yeah, and granted, I know this week's schedule is different than most. You know, they haven't played three games in a week since. I think they had Atlanta, yeah. and you know that whatever whoever else they played, whatever that was, whoever it was, accurate partial information. That's what we're here for. But um, yeah, I was also kind of curious. What were those changes the best? Were so many changes the best option in that game? But again, who knows? Had he not made those changes, <laughs> we'd be here being like, Peter should have subbed more. So, yeah, that's our job to come up with like things to talk about, right? Exactly. Can I go back to the center backs for just a second? Okay. No more, more Opara combination. Well, <laughs> actually, I'm kind of okay with it, but yeah. a more. Sporting has always been best when they've had a stay-at-home defender and a more reckless defender. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's what I meant by someone to counteract yeah. Ike. And it, it's been that way, and it's just it's better when it's when it is that way. A more is a little bit too much going forward, a little bit like Opara, and I think that's where yeah. Ike isn't as good at staying home and being the the. I know you kind of said it earlier, the, mm-hmm. the the calming influence. He can be. I just don't think that he's as good at it as Beasler. And Beasler's not as good as going forward and making those wild, crazy runs as Ike is. And here's my example. Ike Opar scored last night, and that is right there. If he's supposed to be the guy playing Beasler's role with Beasler out, shouldn't be. <laughs> we're glad he scored. That's amazing that he did. It was a great goal and a great ball in by Johnny. But if he's supposed to be the one anchoring down, being the more home gatekeeper of the back line, then he shouldn't be up in the back scoring goal. Yeah. Was that... Was it like after a set piece, a corner kick, or something? Because why was he right there? Like, why was Eichelpar on the goal line? Because he, he needed to score. <laughs> okay, we but so, three to one. so do you see the point <laughs> I'm making? Like, was it at least immediately following a set piece that he ran up top four? Or were we just... To be honest that, with you, I don't remember myself. That was just how they were playing, that Ike, yeah. Ike was just... <laughs> I don't remember the either. The furthest man forward in front of the goal. Ike was farther <laughs> up on the field he was than any forward, <laughs> which is great. And, like, I love seeing that killer instinct from any player on the field. If that was Tim Mealia, then, by God, get him in the box and get him scoring those goals. By I don't way, care I, who it is. I think I brought up a few weeks ago I could be a center forward. Well, sporting I weird. Sporting's ha- weird. Hashtag sporting weird. 
That's a new instead of for glory for city, it's like <laughs> for sporting for weird or like yeah. sporting Has, stay weird. Hashtag, something. Hashtag well, Ike is a center forward. I. It makes sense if someone if one game we could put we could switch Opara and Shelton. I'd love to see the result. I'd love to see it. I think it would be. No, well, you wouldn't. Call him. Yeah, I, I think you would, but no, you wouldn't. Call him Ike Fellaini. <laughs> I think Kyrie Shelton would be a phenomenal defender. You mean forward? Oh, Kyrie. No, center. Oh, no, oh, a, oh, a oh, phenomenal oh. center back. Him and Beasler. I'll say it. You I'm mean, after right. Shelton's clearance this past week that led to a goal. You okay, are we gonna be? are we gonna only refer to that one <laughs> lousy clearance when you could look at the the tons of wonderful defensive moments he's and, had? And how many defenders touched that ball in that little yeah. sequence? Yeah. And didn't that was, it twice, didn't but... clear it as far as Kyrie did. That is as slop goal bad, that point. has ever been scored. That was Stoke City scoring on Manchester City. Like that was <laughs> that was uh, not a. I mean, you can any team any team will give up that goal, and I'm not going to look too hard into that one. <laughs> I would, I, I would not look too hard, but that's the kind of stuff that Sporting was giving up in those first few games this year, and before they yes, they is. locked it back down, it was just silly little mistakes, not getting the ball cleared, uh, you know, bad passes, etc. Statistical anomaly is what I call that. Except it's just gonna happen. If it happens once a year, it's a statistical anomaly. But when it's happened multiple games, it's is okay. it a question of is the defense good enough? And I'm not well, gonna. But that's what, But the I point I was making. Well, doesn't that happen to every team multiple games, multiple times a season? But not the best defense in the league. I mean, it does in the Premier League. I'm just saying that goal happens in the Premier League on a regular basis against the best teams and. In the world, yeah, but even the mediocre teams there are some of the best teams in the world. So it's a, kind of a combination. You know what I mean? I don't buy that. <laughs> lower, lower league, Premier League. Those starting lineups are not significantly better than an MLS starting lineup. I would argue. You're saying. Number 23 in the Premier League is significantly better than the best MLS team. How many teams are in the Premier League? Is 20, 20, it's 23, right? 22 or 23? 20. Is it? it okay. Is 20. Whatever. 20th. The 20th. So the best 2013 team. is pretty bad. And then he gives the answer. <laughs> okay. Well, still, still. That still holds up. 23rd would have been, would have been Fulham, and now they're the last team in the Premier <laughs> League right now. So, was the 23rd best team in England significantly better than the best MLS team? On average, yes. I think the I think a good MLS team is middle championship level. But, okay. I agree there, but you have to talk about... I'm talking about... I want to talk about starting lineups. I understand that if we're talking about a real team, teams playing each other, then That's MLS is not built to withstand a, a, an English season. And that they would be a, a, a middle-tier championship team. But MLS is weird, so to do this comparison, you have to do it kind of weird. So if we look at starting lineups, then I think MLS is going... I think starting lineups in MLS are going to be significantly better than um, championship teams, because that's where this conversation went. 
We'll see one of the players for sporting Johnny Russell. I understand was that barely it's playing for Darby at times. Okay, but but hold on, that argument I get it, I get it. It's good that I would have said it too <laughs> if I was <laughs> if I was on your side there. But also like so um, you are on my side. Thank you very much. But no, like uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus comes from the Brazilian league and scores like seven goals in his first five Premier League games. Does that mean the Brazilian league is that much better than the Premier League? No. I'm just, it depends on who you go and play with. It's a team situation. And I think Johnny Russell's in a much better situation right now. I won't argue that, except they were, Darby was better then when he was with them. They were top of the championship, going to get promoted. They went on a nosedive when he left, which has very little to do with him, quite honestly, because he wasn't playing that sounds much. Sounds like you're arguing for me right now. That sounds like point for Cody, what you're saying. Going a little back. That feels like point for me, that like now that player's in MLS. <laughs> no. And if and if you were saying he was an impact, he's an impact player here, he was you're now saying he was obviously a huge impact player in England. No, as well. if you listen to what I said, I said he wasn't having much of an impact. It had very little to do with him. And then he left, and then what happened? Is what you just said. How much was he playing before he left? What happened after he left, Thad? How much impact could he have <laughs> if he wasn't playing? He was playing more. Uh, damn it, Thad. I'm just saying he left and they fell off the face of the earth. They did, but how can you say it was him because he wasn't playing very well, much? Well, but that was the point I'm making. You were... You were there, there's an ambiguity there of one player impacting one team. And that was the point I was trying to make. You can't say, oh, Johnny Russell comes to MLS, and that means the championship is so much better because he's good here. I'm just saying there's an ambiguity there. There is because it's not always a apples-to-apples thing. I'll agree with you. But if you look at consistently over time, players that come from the championship do well in MLS. Not all of them. Some of them suck. But on average, they do. And you can't even think that with the payrolls that even the lower teams in the Premier League have that any teams in MLS are going to be even remotely competitive with that except Toronto or Atlanta at this point. And even they, when you're looking at those players, they have a few guys who are really highly paid, but they still have a lot of guys making 50000 a 100000 that are playing significant minutes. You're not going to see that in the bottom tier of Premier League but that's what I'm again. That's what I'm saying. I know. I understand the way rosters are organized, and they have more flexibility over there. And that's why, yes, in a real, if you just threw the Seattle Sounders into England nice and made them play like a full season in in the FA Cup and the Carling Cup, Carling? That's not right. No, I didn't say that right. Did I? I think you did. Carling Cup. Um, it just wouldn't work. Like I understand that, but that's just because of the rules of that MLS has in place. And I think the starting lineups in MLS are better than the bottom tier of the Premier League. I think you're wrong, but I think we're. I think that's. I think we've reached an impasse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how was your fourth, Allie? It's <laughs> great, Bob. Thank you for asking. With, without we, looking at the full roster, <laughs> without looking at the full roster, you still look at the 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 guys who are starting your normal eleven or normal. 15 maybe that start games and you're they're nowhere near the salary the quality of even the lower premier league teams nowhere near like that's one that's the thing i can't get on board nowhere near 
If we were, I, I could agree to disagree if you were being a rational human being in front of me here. But nowhere near. Come on, it's Not near. To mention that it's the near. Community players are played, paid more because they have a lot better TV contract than MLS does. You know. Yeah. Not their salaries have anything to do with it, really. They're paid more because they're in the best league or one of the best leagues in the world. They're paid more because they are the best players in the world. If, look, if uh, if I'm just trying to come up with a great example here. If <laughs> we all know what you're saying there, we're just giving when, shit. When Roger Espinoza was in at Wigan, he was a middle-in player. I mean, he was good at times and wasn't good at times. Kai but, Kamara. That's what we just said about thing. him. <laughs> but is, it, is that not what he's been here? If you ask half of Sporting KC Nation, they'll tell you he's like the worst player on the team. <laughs> yeah, but they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, they are. <laughs> See, yes, we they agree. Are. <laughs> but you can, again, but, you can just, the reason they're paid so much there is because they are the better players. It's not just because they have a big TV contract. They <laughs> they get pay, they can pay the better players because they have the big TV contract. Mm-hmm. They attract the better players because they have the money. <laughs> they are the better players. I remember seeing a tweet from James Sterrett, who I know does not listen to this show. Uh, he this was like years ago. I remember him tweeting that he was pretty sure the best MLS teams could stay up in the Premier League. And that was even farther than what I was just going. <laughs> well, we may never know. And that makes him right. Why? I'm just referencing another another. How did we get here? Sporting anyway? Kansas City voice That's in the community. How did we get here? Look it, again. If you ever look at the Nobody like the knows. five <laughs> anarchy, anarchy is how we got here. Look at like the Nate Silver five thirty eight. Uh, blog where they do the the soccer power index rankings oh. across the world. I'm just saying that's one one place that objectively looks at it, and if you look, MLS teams would fall into the middle of the championship, and I agree with it. It's not because they say it; I agree with it. And I think that that has something to do with uh, the way rosters are organized here in MLS. <laughs> What's right. the next I feel subject? a new discussion coming. Exactly. Up. <laughs> I, I think we need to move on. I. Okay, that's I'm fair. sorry to break up this little <laughs> tiff tirade between the two of you. We we just le- hit... Leave your comments and let us know if you yeah. think who's that... right, that or Cody. You guys that... can vote in the comments or on Twitter. Like Cody thinks MLS teams are as good as any team in the Premier League. Oh, fuck <laughs> out of here! <laughs> I knew that. I knew something like that was coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Cody, what's next on the docket with your outline that we've we must gone, strictly follow? We've gone 30 minutes. Can we we can jump into Toronto, can't we? Okay. Ugh, scary. And how it's we scary. And, and how to scared. live without <laughs> Shallowy and Espinosa. I'm nervous going into this game. Right? Well, if we don't get 3 points, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's even if down it's the table. Even if it's um if they got if they get a point here, they're there will be at least one image of a dumpster fire in the Cauldron <laughs> Facebook page. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying like it is not. It's going to be like the like worst case scenario when they when they open the season with a loss and not scoring a goal. It was like you really can't imagine worse of a situation than that. I think that will. That's what it would be like if they pull another L here and it'll just yeah 
further every single conversation of the 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 fall off has started, et cetera, et cetera. It'll bring the crazies out. Oh, there are already there's already people like oh the swoon has begun and you know the every year they fall off and that's already begun. This could just be the anomaly that happens for a week and goes back to the normal. We don't know yet. But my question is, why, why now? What you know? How like if this is just this weird week long funk? Why? Several injuries. And okay, it just, but the injuries aren't really that new. Well, and then I okay. So why? If you take a step back, we're just looking at sports in general. Every single team is going to have a two or three game stretch where just things don't go right. I mean, that's with Cody, by the way. And when that's combined with several injuries, um, I, I, I understand we're supposed to be like looking for things to talk about here. I understand people, in the, uh, like fans of the team, want to find something wrong and like complain about it. But um, I'm still on board with just as as the defensive woes of from early this season. I am on the same boat as like I don't necessarily think there's anything too serious to look at any like overwhelming issues that uh, a returning player from injury is not going to address in a big way. <laughs> Cody's just praying uh, for Felipe's return. <laughs> he wants as, it to be this Saturday, as, as I have yeah, been. Cody literally <laughs> thinks that Felipe is going to make some random 15-minute guest appearance showing at the end of the year. You game. don't know that. I, he might. I don't, but I would bet that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would bet against it at this point. Sorry. Wait, everyone in the studio started laughing the second I was referring to a player coming back from injury. But still, that's Busio? a valid... That's a valid point here. You were asking why? You are. Part injury. It is a valid point. Part injury, part every single... Like, this hasn't happened with this team yet. All year, other than game one, or since game one, we have thought this team was perhaps the best in the league. But and it's going to happen to every team. I guess I here's what my question is, though. My question is, it's like, is sporting really as good or better than these other teams in the league? Because they've been going through this weird thing these last few games, but... Against RSL, for example, they still they still scored two goals. Like they were in the game at one point. It was only three to two. Like they had every chance to tie it, walk away with the point. So it, they were still scoring goals. I feel like the issue with last season, especially, was like the not scoring goals, and yeah. that was the root of the issue. Where right. now it's not that they're not scoring or not that they're not having those chances, but what is is it a mentality thing? It, I again, I know there's the injuries, but the whole other narrative of the season has been depth. So if it's not not depth if it's not the problem of them scoring goals and what is it really these injuries or it's, is okay, it, well. it's the ups and downs of a season that's all that's that at least that's what i'm going for here the ups and downs of a season okay i it do is, agree but let's go back to what cody was saying felipe okay felipe comes back here's what happens number one cause is off the field <laughs> less giveaways and i'm totally serious about this less giveaways Okay, we have more bite in the midfield to rewin balls. Well, hold on. To, to you're, possess, you're you're the right balls. there on on Krause. I mean, it's he's appeased enough people and like shown that he can yeah. do it, but he still does give the ball away. Oh yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you're. I didn't mean to like derail you there, but that is even if you're on Team Krause now. I mean, if you look the at second some of those does, RSL yeah. goals, if the giveaways hadn't occurred, you know, then that especially the second goal. No, it was the second goal. 
He's, no, it was a third goal. Sorry. He's appeased me enough, but it's still, you're yeah. right. There's no denying that. The second Felipe comes back, we're going to give the ball away less. Yes, definitely. Going to possess the ball better. We're going to have more dynamic movement in the midfield. Everything's just going to be so much better in that midfield because of Felipe. And In the midfield, then, in the final third. Oh, yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, you're right. Felipe is a huge piece of what we want here. And yeah, I hope he comes back soon, but not I, too soon. <laughs> I need a. I wish I had a sound effect of of. And we're doing it without Felipe. I just need to play that like every two seconds. Anytime someone complains, oh yeah, it's without Felipe. But okay, I guess that's my other. That's my point though. It's like the team's been doing it without Felipe for a while now, and I get that a team has their ebbs and flows throughout the season. They go through their ups and downs, but for some reason, this last week, Peter's reaction, Tim's reaction. Seems a little bit more like, ah, you know, we just haven't been on our game. Like, there was a very serious, it almost seemed more like the problems don't just root, aren't just rooting from the last two games. It almost seems from their responses that these problems are things that they've felt. Okay, are you saying it's more psychological? Or Tim's response, exactly, I think, was when he said that each player needs to dig deeper internally, is what he was saying. Mm and figure this out, what, you know, what disconnect is there for what whoever he's talking about or whatever the team's going through from their individual standpoints that's it, prohi- prohibiting them from coming together as a team? Like, well, what's going I, on? I'm going like, to say what? something that you're all going to agree about, but the heat and the congested schedule, I mean, that seriously can get to you mentally. But they've had a congested schedule already this season. Like, that's why I'm yeah, like Yeah, but the heat included. Of, and the, but what are the other teams? Huh? But the other teams not playing in the same heat. And okay, no, what, what about what about Peter Vermees said? What was the game that after they lost or they tied or something? Peter was like, if they think this is heat or if they think this is hard, Columbus. then we'll show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was what a month ago. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't all of these things again, and you know maybe it really is just the ups and downs that a team will face throughout a season. But I really don't think that any of these things are enough to be like, ah, we can just put it on and back it up. Ah, yeah. it's yeah. just this. And, and I'm agreeing with Cody and with, uh, with you that there are ebbs and flows in the season. There's ups and downs. That's a natural occurring process. But he's about to disagree with me. But <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. The only thing I'm trying to say is, just because it is a natural flowing process so that there will be ups and downs doesn't mean you're not going to try to correct the down right. or improve the up, okay? Rarely is a team ever as good as what fans think they are or as bad as fans think they are, but still as a coach, as a player, as leaders on the team, you're looking at every single game and looking at every roll of the ball, as Peter used to say a lot, and saying, did we do good enough in this? Okay, sporting. This may be a part of the ebb and flow, but it's a it's a it's a valley that has to be corrected. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- there still has to be something going wrong to have a two game, eh, multiple games actually, but two games were, that ended, resulted in losses. There's still something going on that that Peter and the coaching staff and Beesler and Tim mm-hmm. and Zeus and Roger and everybody else has to say, okay, this is not good enough. What do we do better? Right. So it's it's natural, but it still has to be fixed. It's a, it's a matter of not making these things a habit. You got to mm-hmm. nip them and yeah. clear them up soon, right. or they will become habit. And I guess that's why I'm I'm being the I guess am I being the devil's advocate? Advocate? 
at advocate. You advocate. sort of are. Yes, you are. Definitely, that's definitely, a, a <laughs> definitely not how you say it. Advocate. You're being devilish. This, I'm being devilish, but you know when there are when things are seemingly going so well and so right, what causes them to go? What causes them to derail and go off track? I guess, and that is my question. What really? What was the point that started this? And maybe it was injury. Maybe it was all of you know. There was all these introductions of these new players coming in, all these switches with the lineup, which we hadn't really seen in a while. Did that kind of throw? Did we get overconfident? For overconfident, a while? yeah. And I don't know. I do think that's actually something that does happen to them more often than they care to admit. They yeah. they go into a game like, oh yeah, we're we can beat Montreal. You know, they're a lowly team, and boom. All the questions, no answers. <laughs> hey, hey, if anybody had the answer. You know, they'd be. If we had the know. answers, we would be uh, on on the field in the coach in the, standing well, right next to Peter Ramirez. And that's all I mean by that. I don't mean that you guys shouldn't listen to us. <laughs> I, it's just a reminder that maybe other things you listen to when they speak confidently about knowing what's going on, they don't know. They don't know shit. They don't yeah. know. Guys on Sports <laughs> Center, they don't know. Come on. If you're, just... if you're sitting on some radio station saying that Peter Vermees needs to do X, Y, and Z to correct this, well, then you're full of shit because you should be coaching. <laughs> Taylor Twellman is right often, but, like, he doesn't know. Come on. None of those people are in the locker room. None of those people are on the practice field watching it every single day. We're just – we're real. We give you the real stuff here. We don't have all the answers. We do give our opinions. We're bloggers. We got good opinions. Very good opinions. Even when that doesn't have very good opinions. Everyone else has very good opinions. <laughs> yeah, mine are great. <laughs> if you want to hear two people argue more than any other Sporting Kansas City show that exists, listen to this podcast and you can hear Cody and Bad dish it out all day argue, or all night long. Argue yet agree somehow. That's the beauty of it. it that is the beauty of it. You argue and then all of a sudden in the end somehow... The resolution is an agreement, and it makes well, no I don't think sense. We, I don't think we agreed on this last one. <laughs> no, no, this no, last no. one was a rare occurrence, but other than that. That was agree to disagree on that one. Agree on the macro, disagree on the micro. That's our MO. So are we ready rhymes. to talk about the midfield come Saturday, what it's going to look like? Yeah, look I, thought like, I, I, doing? I thought I already introduced this, but how do we deal without Roger and Shallowy? There's not a lot of options. Johan, Kuzane, and Ilya. Right, unless you take somebody like Zusi and move him in there, or you think Brad Evans can come off, or uh, if Madranda is fit again. No, 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 no. no, okay. no. Right. If he hasn't been practicing for a month, he's not. Evans fit. isn't going to happen. I don't think Zusi's going to happen. Madranda's not going to happen. Uh, Johnny Russell has dropped into the attacking yeah. role a few times. Uh, the attacking mid role is Matt Beasler. Is he game ready? Come this weekend. I know he. Was out this past game for precautionary. Well, that was an option that I was thinking about. Maybe a more could step into midfield. Mm. He could if Beasler he, is. He could kind of be a D midish role and. See, I'd be more interested almost in seeing Graham Smith in that role than a more. Why Graham? Because I think I I think we saw a little bit more of an attacking spirit out of him. He had that one chance. I know it was one chance in the box, but I. Amore's done that. Yeah, he's done it quite a bit. He's he's made some good passes up there, and he's made some good runs. He's also made I think some with, bad ones in that one game. But yes, yeah, I just I think my hang up with him more is that I just don't think he's quick enough to to be a to be a versatile player. And, and Ilya is fast. Yeah, and but Ilya I'm not saying Ilya is faster. Ilya is fast in maybe not his 
his spurts offensively or in his like lateral movements, but in his quick turns and decision making, he is sharp. And I don't think that Amor is as sharp as Elie is. And I'm saying in terms of actual movements, I think Graham Smith is far quicker than Amor is. And in terms of getting forward and actually the the flow of the game that Sporting KC plays, I think Graham Smith, I'd like to see a little bit more, I guess. In those specific saying. terms that well, you were that talking happens. about, Ilya being fast, I don't think there's anybody else that can do that besides Ilya. That's what I was point. just he about to say. I was, I was about to cut in and be like, yo. If that happens, Ali's a genius. Yeah, uh, if that's what happens, we'll that, see. That, again, we're green again. I was like, I was just about to come and be like, yo, those things, exactly the two things you just said, no one in MLS can is, is as quick as Ilya. And, and, and the next best on the team and at especially, it is Kuzain. especially with his size. I think that's what is so cool about him as a player is that oh, really? he's okay. not he's not the biggest guy on the field by any means but he I mean there are definitely games where he gets knocked around when he depending on teams who are um I guess more prepared in their in their approach to defend him a little bit more than other teams but when he is playing against a team that may not be as ready to defend or attack against a player like him he I He's just one of my favorite players to watch. He's so quick. Oh, he it, completely control. And I don't think that Amor could. I don't even, think Graham Smith could even come close either. That's, I mean, I, I know. I'm not saying. I don't know if I. When I'm saying Graham Smith, are. though, I'm not saying Graham Smith in Elia's position. I'm saying I Graham. That is what you said, though. No, no, no. I was saying Graham in like. I'm The midfield in general. In, in midfield in general. Not like. I don't think anyone could play Elia's position. Maybe Kuzain in a couple of years, but I don't think as of right now there's anyone who could just immediately go in and take his spot. So, I was saying Smith and like where Kuzain or Kraze or like Espinosa plays. I think if you're going to do that, you would probably pull one of the other midfielderish wingers in there, like Gerso or Johnny Russell or something like that. So it it's all it. Bob and I, when we were sitting out in the parking lot waiting for you guys to show up for about 50 minutes, <laughs> we um, okay. we had discussed some of this about. Possibly shifting like formations. I mean, I know Peter doesn't like to shift formations too much, but maybe playing more of a three-five-two kind of thing with uh, uh, Beasler, Amore, and Opara in the back. Uh, Zusi, Lindsay out wide in the mid. Uh, Ilya, uh, perhaps like a Gerso, Kuzain somewhere in there, or Krause. It, there's a lot of different variations that he mm-hmm. could do, which I know has been the tendency to not do. Right. But every once in a while, he will throw a weird formation out there. I remember a few years ago when they were short on defenders, and all of a sudden he throws a three-five-two out there with uh, EPB centering the that back line, and it was terrible. <laughs> was that the glad you mentioned that part? <laughs> was that the as expected game? <laughs> it feels like that game. Uh, that was an inside joke. Sorry for now. I'm just talking to Thad right now. But yeah, it's. There's a lot of different things he could do. Just the question is, will he to make up for the lack of the traditional midfielders that he's been been having? Well, I think this Saturday we will for sure see a, a weirder lineup. Yes, it'll I have think to it's going to have to be. Well, we yeah. got to replace Shallowly too. So, yeah. So let's get into that. Are we going to see? We uh, assume we an SPR say the man. Yeah, probably. Assuming? Okay. Unless someone from training has seen something else. Yeah, well, we'll be there Well, we can't see it because they haven't practiced since that game. It'll be tomorrow, but they won't let us stick around to watch the tactical stuff. And because we pick terrible times to do podcasts, so we're recording this when it's like (laughs) they haven't practiced in forever, but everyone's going to be listening to this 
after they've they already practiced. They have practiced in forever. They just haven't practiced since the last well, game. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we can't give them any new info, but then... Nobody else can either. When everyone else is, <laughs> I know, but when everyone else is listening to this, they they will have had another practice. So up front will probably be Jerso, Russell, Shelton, right? We imagine. Right? I guess. Yeah. Unless you bring Russell into the mid. Right. That's assuming and we can stick three, Belmar four, three. out there. Yeah. Was Belmar even that... in the 18 last game? I think so. Was yeah. It? He's been in 18 a lot lately, but there's also been a lot of injuries. Yeah, I... Yes, he was. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's an info. It was quick on that one. I like that, though. I like what that just said. I think that would be... I could see that being where they would lean. Would be pulling Johnny back to that midfield role and then having Belmar step in up top. Still in a 3-4-3? I'm sorry. Four three, four, three, three, three. three. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Wait. yeah. But so four, then, three, three. Does that mean Crosse is not on the field? Well, I was just gonna say, I sure as hell don't want to wrestle Crosse, Ilya, midfield. Russell and Crosse in that midfield Crozet, together. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think that would work. But that's just my personal opinion. But is that so? Thad, is that what you're saying? That Actually, Crosse goes to Rogers' spot, uh, or Kuzain in Rogers' spot. It could be either way, because. I know, and we argued about this a couple weeks ago, but there's no true 10 role in that midfield. There's right, really two right. eight and a halves, I'll call them, because they, you know, like you got Roger, who's the traditional eight, who has, you know, leading and assists. So <laughs> there's there's no true 10 there. And even when Felipe's there, he's still more of a eight that attacks. But, so <laughs> then but again, if Croze's in there, he's not a 10. He's sure as heck not an eight or a six. Well, what is we don't know what he is, but it's like kind of fun to watch. <laughs> but it like fills him on figures that it's all out. But here's my thing, if Beasler's back and Sinovic is healthy, so you've got Zussi available, Opara, Beasler, Sinovic, with that back line, if that if all four of them are healthy and available to play, that's a pretty safe back four. So would Peter do something a little bit more weird in the midfield? Like, I'm not saying he will, but I'm saying like a Russell Crosse and Ilya. Would he feel comfortable throwing out something like that with Beasler, Opara, Zussi, and Sinovic in the back line? Because Sinovic is kind of his safe guy. I don't know. Yeah, do you play safe at home, though? I this mean. conversation scares me. But safe to – I mean – That's the problem with his weekend. Uh, that's the problem. It's like scary. <laughs> injuries, red cards uh... – Bears, oh my. <laughs> good. I mean, Seth got a nice assist, but I think I'd rather see Lindsay playing at left back than Seth. But that's my opinion again. Yeah, I don't think. But then again, from think, a comfortability standpoint, yeah, I don't can't, think, left up, can't let up four goals again. Yeah, I don't think Peter agrees with you, though. That's you don't think thing. so? I don't think he does, no. Okay. I think Why? I agree with you. <laughs> Why? Why do you think he doesn't agree? I think. Um, you think Sinovic will be left back? Yeah, because. I think if uh, if he's worried about the defense getting torn apart, I think he's always going to pick Sinovic. So the one game that Seth has played recently, they gave up four goals? Well, let's look Again, at... I didn't say I agreed with it. Well, let's look at Toronto. Who do you have to worry about? You have to worry about Altador up front. Okay, we got that. Opara is going to handle that, right? Okay, but then you have to worry about Bradley, and well, you got to worry about Giovinco. So, yeah. yeah. It keeps going. Giovinco is kind of a free guy, right? So who's going to pick him up with with speed? And Russell and Crosse aren't going to do that job, right? He, you have to pick him up wherever he's at. So it's not right. 
But that again, that's the problem. There's no Roger. There's no like yeah. for like. The the closest like to like for Roger is some guy named Felipe, who we well, haven't exactly. seen for a couple exactly. months. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> that's a tough dilemma. Yeah. So unless they <laughs> well, yeah, unless he, they sign a player, <laughs> which they can't do because the window is not quite open. Hmm. So yeah, you you mentioned those names without Osorio, well, yeah, or sure. Delgado. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're dude, they're a very good team. Except they've sucked. So it's got to be Beasley or Opar. They got beat by Minnesota for God's sake. I agree. But we watched the we watched that hat trick before this podcast started. <laughs> exactly. Because wow, that was so good. Gerso's gonna turn to Quintero. He's gonna no. <laughs> yeah, Quint- you mean Quintero's going to pull a Gerso and, and <laughs> Okay, but fall the other question the this weekend, other than the midfield, Shallowy's been the goal scorer. Is there anyone exactly, yeah. who's going to well, be yeah. able to put Sporting ahead this weekend if the game is as close as we I'm may be? I'm afraid the answer to that is no. Well, I may be wrong. Felipe has been injured since April. Give it up. He's not The middle play. of April, and it took until July 4th for someone to overtake him as the team's leading scorer. It also took until July 4th until we had, well, we only had two losses on the season, so Oof. I consider that too. But, but you're right. I, I can't see anybody picking up the goal scoring slack. Well, well somebody yeah. has to. <laughs> Looking at you, Johnny where's, Russell. No, where's Graham Zussi at? Where's our defensive unicorn goal scorer that we have out of the back? Well, and Majanda was the other one. Our two, yeah, our, yeah, our two unicorn Again, defenders. Maybe I go para too. Depends <laughs> on our ball movement and our movement off the ball, because as Peter says, the run initiates the pass. So we need good movement off the ball and good ball movement, and good things will happen. All right, what's everyone's front three? Thad. If it was me. I would put Gerso, Rubio, and Belmar. Whoa. Okay. Gerso, Rubio. Okay. Okay. All right. Belmar on the right. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I would not do that. I would mess with them. Gerso, Belmar, and Russell. I put Belmar in the middle. He would be he'd be doing the responsibility of Shelton to see if he could do it. And I, I would, think I'm going to agree with that. And I actually would maybe th- think about dropping Shelton into the eight role. Boom. I, I, not 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 center back. <laughs> okay, but not I, quite. That I like back. that though because I want to see him in a different role. Because he, I do. I'm. He is so often playing back in the midfield anyway. I mean, so it would be almost a natural progression for him or degression. <laughs> would he be? <laughs> Digression. Digression. Is it's not word. even a word. Regression. It works. Regression. It works now. Regression. Regression. Yes. <laughs> when, you, when, when you can't make it as a forward, you go back to I the midfield or to I the back digress. line. It's a yeah. He's yeah. When you're when you can't make it as a forward, you go back to the back line, right? Just ask Graham Zusi and Peter. Or Bernice. when you are naturally, <laughs> when you have a natural defensive instinct, as Kyrie Jean has shown throughout and, this entire season. And then when you can't make Cody. it there, you become a goalkeeper. Or and that's a my... tree. <laughs> you become a tree, a lowly stump standing on the goal line. No. Right, Cody? I have statistical evidence for my statement. You have nothing for yours. No. It's the same thing. Oh, whatever. I don't, I don't need to get into this. What are we talking like, like, literally... 
5% maybe, and I'm being generous there, 5% of keepers who are keepers now were not a striker at some point in their life as a cut, as a kid, and it didn't work out, and they got and they got relegated. Every kid <laughs> ever in their life was a striker at one point, and then it, and I know this because when I was a soccer camp coach, every single play, every single player's parent would come up to me about their eight year old and be like, "You know, my son Mikey, he's a he's a forward." I'm like, "Your son Mikey's going to play defense <laughs> yeah. in this game because that's what forward. everyone's doing, and everyone's kid's a forward apparently." All the Mikeys are forwards. Every Mikey, play. every Joey, every Chris is a forward. But I don't even care. Tibio Courtois. <laughs> Tibio I promise Courtois. you, tried to play midfield at some point. Hey, hey, what's up? I guarantee you tried to play midfield at some point, and it didn't fucking work. Well, that's because they put play, they put kids in every position so they can see where they fit best. <laughs> Hell, even my daughter's coach at once, uh, for a long time, had her as a forward, and it was the stupidest thing ever. She's not a forward. But still, then it was like, all right, you're big and awkward. Go stand in goal for a little bit. <laughs> Tibio. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> Tibio Courtois. <laughs> you know what's funny is I've watched quite a few like players go and like standing goal just to and goofing around and stuff. Some of them are really good at it just because they're so athletic, but they don't have the positioning down. They don't have that. And some of them are really suck at it, quite honestly. Kai Kamara was actually really good just because he's so long and lanky he could get the balls, but all right, no, I didn't mean to derail us into the goalie conversation again. Goalie, actually, ooh, that's kind of a bad word in American soccer now, isn't it? Supposed actually, would be. Uh, now. I haven't asked that question in a long time. Who would be the natural backup keeper if like both of them got hurt in a game? Kyrie, Sean. Kyrie. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Just Kyrie's big, big motherfucker. Throw mm. him in there. <laughs> Bleep. Oh yeah, sorry. It was, it was the kid show. Ike? Maybe. Maybe Ike. No. Are you kidding me? Why? Why? Because Ike's too like like he. He's too, he freaks out like he's this not. This is not video. Oh, well, I wish you guys could have seen the move. He breaks legs of forwards. I just looked like an he octopus. Break the legs of forwards. No, but out. okay, and then he would be like getting red cards left and right. No way, Ike. No way. Oh, not Matt Beasler isn't. I don't think he would be good. No. Kyrie Sheldon, he's the goalie backup. Kyrie, so I'd give it to Kyrie. Just wild and crazy enough to do it, probably. That's too short. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. He'll get down. Yeah, he'll get down, but not up. <laughs> Yeah, I like Kyrie. Kyrie. Kyrie for sure. Why is Kyrie Shell not on her? Kyrie's <laughs> not a, a paper defense. tiger, guys. Come on. Felipe Gutierrez. <laughs> he can do everything. We can't risk him for we can't risk him for any other weird injury. That would come from leaping uh, and no, doing still, all the insane moves that Tamelia's doing. You're still right though. Ico Para as a goalie would get red carded every game. <laughs> every single game. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> okay, actually, so where are we here? Let's, um, well, what's your front line? What's your, I mean, you no, we're me. wrapping up here, but let's wrap up with that. The there's a currently today on Thursday there was a Reddit thread going on entitled Roger Espinoza, and it was a uh, not a positive one about him. And this show, if you're a listener, as I'm sure all of you are, avid listeners, we have ran, we've just raved about him. We've we've gushed about him on this show. And it just uh, absolutely blows my mind that we can still see things like that. And I'm just going to refute the whole thread and all the comments that came with it. The first line of this post on Reddit was was condemning him for his that he's not good enough in the attacking half. His passes aren't good enough in the attacking half. And this was about the man leading the team in assists. Eight now. With eight. Including another one in that game, but it was for the other team. But whatever. <laughs> well, he had two last night. 
Although, were they both secondaries? He had some, uh, he had some hockey were. assists. Yeah, so he has eight now. Yeah. Yeah. But they were, they, I think they were both secondaries last night, and I think he's had a couple other ones that are secondaries. So I know some people don't count those. But, but if you are, let's just let's go ahead and do this. If you are anti Roger Espinoza, do at us, at us, why? and let us let know. Let us know why. Tell us, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. Like we will. I I just I in general do not think the typical American soccer fan appreciates the style of play that Roger Espinoza brings, or the things that he brings that may not be recognizable throughout the entire game. Even when he doesn't have the ball, he's always doing something positive. Again, anyone who doesn't think that he's contributed offensively, you're out of your mind. He's wrong. The stat sheet actually has proof. This isn't this isn't even us just being like, oh no, you're wrong because this isn't this. There is literally statistical evidence. But you are wrong. you wrong, think, and you're still wrong, even if there wasn't. But I think a lot of that comes from exactly what you said. He's always trying to do something positive, and when he does that and does it so often, he's human. He's going to screw up a lot of the time too. Mm-hmm. But he like you human. said, he's always trying to do something positive and push the game forward. Mm-hmm. So that exposes him to make errors sometimes. Right. Yeah. I can so say when the you're same always... thing about and... Johan Crozet. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're, that's exactly it. And it's just, the, that's the point of his position, is yeah. that it's an unrewarding position. It's like, he does want to be positive. It's unrewardingly necessary. <laughs> it's, it's unrewarding for, like, for what he does, but we need him to be doing that all the time. And so when he does mess that up, it's going to look worse than when he... Right than when he prevents a pass because he filled up the passing lane, and no the, one's ever going to see that. The sixes and the eights don't normally get nearly the recognition they should or the appreciation they should because it's not flashy. They're not scoring big goals or getting the great assist all the time. I know, and those are like our two best players. <laughs> and I, I can guarantee you that almost every team in the league would take Roger in a heartbeat if they could get him. Even the teams that hate him, like Seattle, like even our like arch enemies would, would still love to have them in their locker room. If a nothing lot else to keep him off the field. A lot of this post too is about his leadership. So criticizing his leadership. That's what. Yeah, cool. that he needed to calm the game down at, at that point uh, when the game was starting to get chippy, um, and then after the shallow red card, he should have realized he needs to stay on the field. I mean, let's. Just... I mean, I don't think he didn't realize he needed to stay on the field. Just things just happen. Maybe no. I mean, yeah, he's never figured out he needs to be on the field. He's been playing soccer for this long. <laughs> we do, we do see things that other people don't see. So maybe we're seeing Rogers' leadership and his outspokenness more than an average fan. But like, he is. If you if you think that he's not, like, he is the leader on the team. Like more so than Matt Beesler. Oh yeah, as far as on field goes, yeah. Yeah, d- during a game, he's more so. He's. You may not like his leadership style because he's barking at the refs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Cause some, and sometimes I don't either. Sometimes I do think he should chill it out a little bit. But right. But that doesn't mean he's not being a good leader. But just, there, are, yeah, and there are things that I think if you're just watching on TV, for example, things that you don't always see. At least that we might see at home games where, you know, he's pulling aside players, talking to them one on one. He's really. That's and you know coming from some. Not saying I ever played the game at the highest level possible, but being able to be checked into the game mentally, but then separate yourself enough to guide and mentor your teammates to help for the better of the team and the better of the game. That's a hard role to play, especially knowing how checked in these guys are in those 90 plus minutes that they're playing. The fact that he's able in his position, in his role to play the way he does, but then still be able to be looking out for Kuzain, be looking out for Russell, Shallowy, these other guys who he's trying to direct them. I asked Lindsay recently, uh, 
a week or so ago about who had been helping mentor oh. him and, and make him a better outside back, you know, was Beasler and Opara mm-hmm. talking to him or, you know, Zeusy or something like that. He says, Oh, all the guys are, but he goes, Roger has really, really helped me. Kuz said anyone, the same thing. Yeah. Kuzane, you could ask anyone on this team. They will all say that. Yeah. And that, I mean, granted Kuzane's playing right alongside Elia and he's playing right on, right alongside Espinosa. So his is a little bit of a different case because he's playing in that kind of role with those guys. But even he had to say, because I remember I asked him, I was like, you know, Elie was kind of your guy to watch. He's your, Cousin will eventually be playing that same position that Elie is playing. That's what he's being prepped to do. And he even said, Roger has been such an influential part in guiding him and mentoring him and helping him throughout that game. So Another point the Reddit post makes is, you know, he, he just stay in the game. He goes and gets a red card. Well, we were also still down a goal. Right. Roger's not going to stop his aggressive play, you know, because and you don't want him to stay in the game. You know, we're trying to score that goal. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't blame him for also, that. Also, that and, wasn't and Roger's then, point. That wasn't his. He shouldn't have been the guy having to get back in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another goal means the loss. So it's like, hey, that's one of those. That right. You're going you're to sell out and do something. And and the way he sacrificed his body for that, the what ended up being the assist that went to Johnny, that went to Ike, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he slid in there and legitimately got hurt just sacrificing his body. So maybe maybe one of the best things that they could do this weekend is not play Roger because, you know, he, obviously they can't, but he's going to get a little game rest there. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Shallowy doesn't should need rest. He's too young. Let's try to get Ilya some rest at some point, please. Yeah. Okay, so so my – I'll do my front three. Gerso, Shelton, Russell. I'm going to go – I'm going to go pretty, like – and then uh um, way to step out on a limb there, Cody. And in the midfield, I can't imagine life without Ilya, so you're gonna put Ilya in the back. And then Kuzain at quote eight. And uh Kraze at attacking mid. Do it again. Safe. And your back line's gonna be Okay. Uh uh Let's see, we're at home. Let's do I'll, I'll do Lindsay. And well, I don't know where Beastler's at. I feel I'm just gonna say Beastler because he should play because we need it. We need to lock this shit down. And then Ike and and Zussi. I agree with you. It's not, boring. No, nothing too wild. Yeah, it's probably what's gonna happen. Okay, that's what probably will happen. I'm really not gonna argue too much with what will probably happen. But is that what you would do if you were Peter? Yes. Okay. But actually, I think he'll do Sinovic instead of Lindsay. I think he's going to throw something weird out there so that Toronto can't game plan for it. And then someone will, someone will tweet, yeah, that's as expected. That's what I knew the lineup was going to be. <laughs> that I agree with you. Someone. I think Belmar mm. is going to be somewhere in that starting lineup. I'd like it. I don't know if it'll be at wing or if it'll be at center. I would prefer it to be at center, and I weirdly want to see Kyrie Shelton in for, like, Crosse. Like, I want to see something weird like that, and I think it would be great. Sporting but. weird. Sporting weird, Crosse weird, like that Shelton we weird. Have, we have to pod after the game to talk and be about like, it. we knew it, we called it. No, I want to see. I think Belmar, he has some goals that he is that he needs to score and that he wants to score for Sporting, and let's let's give it to him. Let's give him the chance. He could chip that Toronto keeper as good as a oh, Minnesota player. Oh, all day player. long, all day long. <laughs> 
Oh, those chips. Beautiful, but questions about the keeper. Questions about the keeper. Go, go look be... at the go look at the Quintero hat trick. It's worth it. Makes MLS look good, but also makes MLS look bad because of the keepers. Keepers are trash. Remember that, folks. <laughs> you leave here today <laughs> and don't remember anything, anything else. This podcast. <laughs> That's a reference to an Ellen DeGeneres stand-up. You remember here and leave nothing and remember nothing else. Remember that. Keepers are trash. Remember that Cody hates keepers. Keepers, don't at me. I know there's at least one of our avid listeners is a, is a former keeper, and I know it's not going to go well, but <laughs> don't at me. Um, next week, we're back on track. We're here. No one's leaving town. Uh, all right. Well, that doesn't matter. We'll, we'll continue without End that. End week, though. So. we got to get it before like, no week. Okay. Next week, we're back on track. Go ahead and blame the two losses in a row on lack of shades in blue. I'm fine with that. Our vote. And, uh, totally fine. Hopefully it'll work. We're now we're back, and hopefully you'll see when. So we will see you at the game, and we will talk to you next week. Go sporting. Sporting. Oh! Woo! goals ain't all that rough. skipper has just been sent off. Some part of strong Yeah.